What's going on, Sabres fans? Welcome to another episode of the Sabres Spotlight Podcast with your hosts, Matt and Ryan. Ryan, what's going on? Oh, brother. I am absolutely buzzing. It's a big night. Lots of big news that just came in. Actually, just like, what, 15 minutes ago? Yep. We'll get to that OP news in a little bit, but... We'll start with some introductions. We got pretty loaded show set here, so we're really excited for this one. We'll try this to keep this a little shorter for the peeps here, hopefully 40, 45 minutes, but we'll see where the night takes us. But Ryan, why don't you tell the peeps what's been going on? What's new? <sighs> Nothing really new since last week, honestly. Um, I did find out that I tore my labrum, which sucks, so there's no more hockey for me for a couple months at least. So um, yeah, I'm really sad about it, honestly. What's up with you? Nothing much, man. I just been, uh, we went camping over the weekend. My parents got a trailer up in the Finger Lakes, uh, closing it up this weekend. So that was fun. And then uh, a couple birthday parties yesterday, uh, which was cool. So, um, but yeah, but other than that, just kind of hanging out, laying low. I've been watching my Hallmark movies. Uh, <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I don't know if the listeners know how much I love my Hallmark movies. This but... <laughs> guy just loves Hallmark movies. It's so <laughs> weird. Yeah, they're all the same, really, but uh, but I love them. I don't know. So I, I've watched all my fall Hallmark movies and the Christmas movies starting 11 days, and I am hyped for that. Let's go. We got, we got the... We got the... Halloween movies on deck at my house. We got Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town, all that stuff. I did watch Hocus Pocus already, and uh, you know what's on deck for me next is Haunted Mansion on Disney Plus. Oh, great movie! Yeah, the new one. You seen the new one? Nope, I have not. Yeah, so there's a new one. I I think it just came out actually this year. So that'll be the one I watch. Uh, hopefully, actually, I'm off from work tomorrow, so maybe tomorrow. But all right, you know what, Ryan? I think I'm gonna take the next section here. So I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you lead off the discussion here with the big news. Oh my God, I. T- just when you thought that Kevin Adams couldn't be cooking anymore, he signs Rasmus Dahlin to an eight-year extension at $11 million AAV. I mean, this was coming. Everyone said it was going to be done before the season. I was a little nervous about it. I'm like, you know, let's get this done. We had people saying in the summer it was going to be done, and here we are, tick, 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 and it gets done a couple years before the season. But the even crazier news, which I wasn't expecting this to happen at all, is Owen Power signing a seven-year extension. Let's go. $8.35 million AAV, and we locked up our core for the next seven or eight years. Well, in Darlene's case, nine, because he has another year this year on his current deal. But it is just, it really just goes to show where we've where we've been and where we've come from to be this excited about all of our guys just locked up in the long term. Yeah, I, I'm... We'll go back to Darlene here for a second. So I'm like super pumped with this. I know. So when we did our first ever show a month ago, we were rating Adams and we both dinged him because he didn't have these done yet. So oh, yeah. like, this is like, this is like huge. And to get them done right before the season is great to get these guys locked up. They don't have to worry about it. And I want to get your thoughts on the 11 million number. Like I already know where I stand, and I, I can share my thoughts in a second here. I really don't care. I think that's a great number. But what, what do you think about that number for, for Darlene? You know, I, I saw a lot of chatter online about how, you know, it might have been like 500K or like a million dollars over like over what they were expecting per year. But this is Rasmus Darlene. This is a top, at worst in my opinion, sixth, def- like top six overall defenseman in the entire league. He's 23 years old. His contract is going to bring him to 31 years old. We're getting all of his UF, prime UFA years. Just a master class by Adams. And you, when you discuss contracts like this, you really can't look at, in my opinion, contracts that were signed like two and three years ago. Because, you know, um, inflation goes up with these players. And I know the cap hasn't gone up recently, like too much, like maybe like 
half a million or a million dollars per year, but the league is saying that next, as soon as next year, the cap is going to go up another four to five million. So this eleven million dollar deal really does not like hurt my 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 opinion of um, Adams at all. Like this is a perfect deal for us and a perfect deal for Rasmus Dahlin because he's eighty eight million dollars richer. Yeah, and that and the fact that the cap's going up, I mean that that puts a lot of the chips uh, in Dahlin's hands because he can say, hey, his agents can say, hey, you know what? You're paying me before it's going up. We're anticipating it's going up, and that gives him some leverage, you know. So like that, I'm sure that played into into things. If I'm looking at this, I agree. We're probably paying him at his ceiling, but he's probably going to hit that. And and he and he had whatever, however many points. I think like 73 points last year. Yeah, he was year, incredible, and he was great. And he can even do better than that. He was injured a lot last year, so like yeah. he's gonna, he's a point per game defenseman. He's gonna prob- hopefully take steps with defense just having more competent defense around him. And the offensive numbers are always going to be there. So I really like this deal. I'm I'm excited that we locked in at the eight-year. I know we were we were contemplating like eight five or versus oh, eight, yeah. even with like the Matthews deal. So if they had to tack on a little bit extra there because they were adding on those three years, but you're giving him more terms. So like I'm, I'm all for that. The other thing about this is, is, is I, I don't mind paying him this 11 mil because – if you are paying him at, at his ceiling, well, he knows that. And there's no one, when you listen to his interviews, there's no one that's more motivated to prove that he's worth this money than Rasmus Donnelly. Oh, I agree. And he loves Buffalo and he wants to be here. And you're paying for potentially future captaincy. And just, I mean, the guy's just, I mean, he bleeds blue and gold. And I'm I'm totally worth, I, I think it's totally a, a great contract for the Sabres and for him. I, I remember you know, the night that we won the draft lottery or the, the, I guess you could say night, I guess it was like in the middle of the second period or like the second period of like a playoff game. So at nighttime, but man, I was on my fucking knees, just begging the hockey gods. Like don't do us like the 2015 lottery did where we lost McDavid and, and drafted that scuzz in, in Vegas. But we won this player and it took him. A good couple years, you know, Ralph Kruger kind of ruined him for a year or two. We weren't really sure what was going on with him, and he got that bridge deal. And, man, ever since Don came in, he has seriously just reinvigorated this player. And I think that we're getting the guy we thought we drafted in 2018. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't be more excited. And I remember last year with the during the All-Star game, so he he was snubbed, right, last year. But he, he – he went because there was an injury yeah, or something. Yeah, he went because the, uh, a player dropped out to an injury, so he originally wasn't selected, but went like two days before, I think. Which is which is crazy, right? And then you, you listen to his interviews, and you know, he said, I mean, all the boys were on vacation, you know, partying yeah, together. Right. He could have just said, screw it, I'm going, I'm, I'm not going. But he said, it's important that Buffalo is represented yeah, at the Arsenal. He represented game. us. Like, he, he's totally Buffalo, and. Like I said, likely a future captain. If not, he'll definitely keep wearing the A. And just couldn't be happier that he's here for for the long haul now. Uh, Maybe hopefully now that he has this big deal that the refs can stop, you know, officiating him like he's a $2 million plug because it's insane how many penalties he unjustly gets called on him. Yeah, give him the uh, the Patrick Mahomes treatment here. Yeah, just you know, just <laughs> let him get away with some shit. He needs a little help in the penalty minutes. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> Department. Man. We'll get to that later. But <laughs> all right, so I got to talk a little bit about Owen Power because obviously Darlene, we know everyone knows about him. We know how special he is, and everyone saw it from Power last year. But I think you can get 
as a, as a fan with power only really playing one full year, maybe you can get a little bit sticker shock with that 8.35 million number and be like, wow, that's, it's, is it too early to give him this? But I'm going to rifle through some stats for the listeners here. And, and I, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is a huge Sabres fan. So, you know, there's, there's benefits to players and worth beyond just points and things like that. But th- I feel like this shows a lot of, of what he gave us last year. So, the one thing I, I will say this first, Kevin Adams, he had a quote about these two guys, and I wanted to put this in there when I read the article the Sabres posted. He said, there's a process you go through, but I couldn't imagine these two not being a part of this team long term. And it shows just how like dedicated he is to the team and the players believe in him. And that's and I think that leads to a lot of these deals getting done as well. The players want to be here and the players that are here are seeing that Adams will make it work for him yeah, and, and if, he'll pay his guys. If you work for Kevin Adams, he will put money in your pocket. Yeah. So there's a trust there for sure. But getting back to power. So power reads led rookies in average time on ice, 23 minutes and 48 seconds a game. That's absolutely bonkers. Ranked fifth in the NHL last season and even strength total ice time. So that's among all players. So that's just crazy. I mean, this guy was just on the ice so much. And it's really his first time he played a whole full season. I mean, he's not used yeah. to 82 games. I mean, games college schedule. games, they play like what? 40-ish games, 45 games, yep. and it's only on the weekends. Yep, so to be ranked fifth in the NHL, even strength total ice time, I mean, he had a ton of minutes. I want to say the number was like 1,600 minutes or something just crazy like that. Um, average 20 minutes and 44 seconds of even strength ice time. So this was the highest mark by a rookie since they started tracking this stat in 1997. He was a finalist for the Calder Trophy last year, was fifth in the Sabres uh, in plus-minus at plus-10, Led all rookie defensemen in assists with 31, points with 35, and 100 scoring chances. So, you know, the poise that he showed out on the ice beyond, beyond his years, uh, just really excited that we locked him in. I do, I definitely do not think it's too early, and this kid's going to just continue to take off. Yeah, I, I agree with you so much. And if you even get, like, away from the raw stat numbers, even, like, if you follow the guys that post advanced metrics, like, all over social media on Twitter and whatnot, Owen Power just, he drove offense as a young, young defenseman in this league, logging huge minutes on a team that was good. Like, it's not like we gave him minutes on a shit team just because we had to give minutes to someone. Like, he had a pivotal role last year, and he really, really showed what he could do, like, in terms of play driving and shot assists and all that. And, like, he was incredible last year as a as a 20-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yep, a lot of poise on the puck and just, you know, really excited for what we can get with him and out of this contract here. And uh, I think it's going to end up being a – a, a value you know in the long term but uh we're gonna transition now into some league news we do have some saber news that we want to come back to uh in a little bit but just we'll go around the league here real quick ryan i'm gonna let you start things off uh with the uh the nhl banning pride tape i know you want to talk about that a little bit and then we'll get into some of the the bigger signings from the last week here you know this like really upsets me it's disgusting that the nhl went ahead and banned the players from using pride tape and having on ice um, demonstrations or on ice jerseys uh, celebrating pride. I'm a massive advocate for the LGBTQ plus community. I have family members that are in that community. I have friends that are in that community. And there are players run the lead that are not happy about this. I mean, um, Scott Lawton today said, catch me wearing the pride tape. Like you're going to, you're, I'm, I'm going to do it regardless if it's a ban or not, or if he catches a fine. Um, McDavid had an article. If, if Connor McDavid is the one to spearhead, um, the players just not listening to the league rules, there will be changes and the league will see how wrong they are. I mean, 
most outlets are picking this up. And hockey is already in a niche sport, kind of as it is, and they're just welcoming negative press. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, the You Can Play Foundation works closely with hockey, and they have a slogan called "Hockey is for everyone." And in my opinion, this is showing that the NHL doesn't think hockey is for everyone. And that last year, when I believe it was Ivan Provorov, um, now with Columbus said he's not wearing the pride jersey and it kind of kicked up a shitstorm within the league and allowed other players to be a little bigoted and not want to wear the pride jersey just put it on for five fucking minutes dude like you can't do a couple laps in the jersey and show like gay kids that you know you're there for them like gay hockey players how many people do you think in the league are closeted and won't come out because of you know backlash and it's like initiatives like this like and all the, over the world. Yeah, I mean, not the, just even NHL. Leagues all over the place. Like, the hockey is my favorite sport. I want this league to be an ambassador for everyone to get into the game. And if you're shutting out a whole community and just telling them that, that you'll do off-ice stuff and you encourage players to participate off-ice, well, nobody's going to see that. Like, on the ice is where people are seeing how amazing it is that these players are celebrating the LGBT community on the ice like i i don't i don't really understand what the nhl is doing here at all and it frankly pisses me off yeah so getting into the, the logistics of it i want to say and correct me if i'm wrong but is the the new rule that players can wear or they can like wear stuff to the arena but not on the ice yeah, and it has like, to, it's all individualized yeah like, it's all no, nothing team organized and nothing on the ice right yeah i mean like the like i think teams are doing stuff like like <laughs> they can donate money to like organizations and stuff but it's nothing just on the ice but i i just feel like they're just missing the boat here it it really is disgusting like this is like the league saying that you can't do things for like veterans on like are our players gonna wear those veterans jerseys like what if what if one player said they're not wearing like what if one russian player said they're not wearing a veterans jersey to celebrate the u.s military like people would lose their shit and i feel like they got rid of all that stuff now yeah it's it's all the, it's, all it's, the it's, it's ridiculous like a couple people ruined it for everyone, and I, I know for a fact there are players that are super upset about this, and I can see a majority of players saying, fuck you, Gary Bettman, we're doing what we want, and we're putting pride tape on our on our sticks in warm-ups. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, if if you don't want it to be the whole team has to do it, like, at least let the individual players still represent what they want and still support what they want. Right, and I mean, I disagree with not wanting to do it. But, sure. And if you don't want to do it, then I feel like we have a problem in this country where if someone is ridiculed for something, it's cancel culture, but it's just, it's people holding you accountable. So if one person doesn't want to do it, other people can call that person an asshole and it's, it's totally like whatever. It's just them. But taking away the ability for the rest of the team to do it is just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and we'll see. I'm sure this, this isn't the end of the story. This is going to pop up throughout the year you know yeah. when these things come out and the players i'm sure will speak out on this you know over the the f- next few weeks and whatnot so we'll, we'll see what what I mean, happens not a good look for me when you have forbes and cbs and cnn and fox and all these other you know, like news outlets coming out talking about this like yeah. this is such a negative press for the game it, it really sucks yeah yeah and like you said it's all about inclusion and wanting to get everybody involved in hockey and uh, I mean, being a force for just positivity, yep. and it's not, uh, it's not, not def- certainly not a step in the right direction. So feel like a, a step back there from the NHL. <sighs> Gary's just always stepping on his own dick. It sucks. 
You want to move on to some hockey news? Yeah, let's get around the league. We can go through this stuff pretty quickly, but just a quick you know, overview of some of the things that happened. Uh, def- defenseman Jamie Drysdale. So last, last episode, we talked about the extension with Zegris and Anaheim for the three years. Now they lock in Jamie Drysdale extension, three years, $6.9 million. Just remind everybody, sixth overall pick in the 2020 NHL draft. Uh, 30, tallied 32 points in 81 games as a 19-year-old in that 21-22 season. But like my buddy Ryan here, missed last season after a torn labrum in his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so he's looking to bounce back. I mean, honestly, that's he gets a little bit of money, and uh, it's a few years of bridge deal. Hopefully he can bounce back and, and, and play good. So we'll see what happens with him. We got news on the Calgary Flames. Plan, uh, announced plans to rebuild a new stadium near their current saddle dome so it's going to cost roughly 584 million dollars to construct the, the the big thing with this comes with a 35-year commitment to remain in calgary so that's just excellent news and i when i was reading this article i it, it hit home for i mean for us bills fans right like there yep. was talk not too long ago about i mean we were playing games in toronto and bon jovi was going to move the team up north and so for for a team in a, in a city that you know loves their their NHL team as much as Calgary, just you know knowing that they're gonna be around for the next thirty five years that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's that's super fantastic. So really excited for them, and Vancouver Canucks traded a twenty twenty four fifth round pick for forward Sam Lafferty from the Toronto Maple Leaf, from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, their GM uh, Vancouver Patrick Alvin says it's a move to add more grit and sandpaper to the lineup, becoming tougher to play against. You know I like the Canucks this year. They're on my playoff pick, so we'll see what happens with this. Lafferty is a 2014 fourth-round pick, uh, 59 points, 118 penalty minutes, and 210 career games played. Uh, perhaps some of the biggest news we've had since the last oh episode, Winnipeg Jets. And this was out of nowhere, too. Yeah, two whopper deals here. Yeah, I think this might have just been yesterday, re- recording this on Wednesday the 11th. But Winnipeg Jets signed... Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebick to identical seven-year deals worth $8.5 million AAV. So Scheifele was a seventh-round pick by Winnipeg in 2011. He's had quite a career, 645 points with seven, 272 goals in, in 723 career games. I don't know much about Scheifele, but Ryan, you got thoughts on, on him as a player? Well, I think you said seventh-round pick, but he was a seventh overall Seventh pick. overall pick, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, great player. This was kind of shocking to me. As we, I think we said in the division episode about Winnipeg um, a couple weeks ago that this team is just in such a strange place. Like, are they in or are they out? Like, are they are they going all in or are they going like you know in a rebuild? And I, I, I don't know about this city and if they're able to really do a successful rebuild in Winnipeg because I, I really think if if they didn't get gate sales then their owners would threaten to leave, and that's horrible. But bringing these two guys back, I mean, giving two 30-year-olds seven-year deals is risky business as, as it is. And, I mean, Connor Hullbuck was a guy that I really wanted the Sabres to go out and get, but not at this price. I mean, seven yeah. years, $8.5 million for a goalie. It's like Shesterkin numbers, Sorokin numbers, and Hullbuck's right up there. But I, I think Winnipeg is kind of just spinning their wheels. But on the other hand, it's it's Winnipeg. It's the middle of Canada. It's very cold all the time, and it's impossible for them to get guys to stay there. And they got two of the best players in the league to stay there, so that's pretty good for them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I want to say uh, I want to say they both have no trade clauses. Uh, we'll we'll look into that a little bit more. I'm, but. I'm not sure. I, I actually just checked this uh, a couple hours ago. 
So if Hellebuck has a no trade on Cap Friendly, okay. and Cap Friendly is like instant with all this stuff, and Shifley does not have one. Okay. And uh, I, I don't think Mark – maybe Mark Shifley signs there thinking that he does get traded at some point. But I, as, as of right now, I, I don't think he has no trade protection. Yeah, I mean, he's he got a nice bag either way. And then, yeah, Hellebuck, fifth-round pick, 2012. So he's got more starts, 410 starts than any other goalie since the start of the 2016-2017 season. Pretty durable. I don't know if he's missed, really missed major time because no. of injuries. Um, obviously not with, with those statistics. But, I mean, a 916 save percentage, that's just awesome. 2.68 goals against. I mean, if you're holding teams to below three goals a game in today's NHL, you're going to win some games. Uh, and so he's they both you know they both lock in there with the Jets. Uh, they'll be an interesting team to watch this year. So we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what they do. Uh, and then some sad news here to, to finish out. Barry Melrose uh, been in hockey for forever. Um, forever, dude. Announced his retirement, diagnosed with with Parkinson's disease. So of course we're you know wishing him and his family nothing but the best. Um, oh man, tough Barry. tough diagnosis. Uh, but Melrose, I mean he's a, he's he's, he's a tough been guy. On- so. He's been a coach, a player for a long time. I mean, he and he's been on ESPN for for so long. I mean, for a while he was the only, one of the only voices on ESPN for hockey. I mean, when before ESPN got the NHL contract last year, there was no the hockey was ridiculed, and now I feel like they're kind of like taking it a little bit seriously. So it's so unfortunate to see one of the good ambassadors for the sport. Uh, fall ill with Parkinson's. It's, it's super sad. I, I wish the best for him. Yeah, yeah. So some some sad news there. But Melrose, you know, tough guy. So we'll we'll be praying for him. And you know, again, wish wish him and his family nothing but the best during these times. It's always challenging seeing uh, a family member, someone you love, going through um, something like that. But we'll uh, transition now back to the Sabers. Well, we got to talk about this stupid news. I'm just I'm so sick of the shitty things happening in <laughs> hockey. Like it's such a great sport, and I just feel like there's so many douchebags around it and it's just so annoying but Wenatchee coach uh Kevin Constantine Wenatchee is the team that uh Matthew Savoy and Zach Benson played on um last year in the Western Hockey League and this would be their current coach if both players don't make the Sabres but he was suspended indefinitely by the Western Hockey League for making derogatory comments of a discriminatory nature I'm I'm sure you guys can all understand what that means um just another old guy, you know, another old old white racist guy, and it's it's really horrible. I like I'm pretty sure that Wenatchee has a black player on their team, and for this man to use words like that, like around his team, around the around the, the players' parents. I mean, we're talking about 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds here, and this guy was using this language just freely in the locker room. I, I think that's really disgusting. Yeah, and good on the players. Uh, I, I think it was the players who reported him. It was either it was um, either the players or a player parent or a player's parent. I'm not really sure. Yeah, e- either way, you know, you know, the players felt disrespected from this. You know, you like these guys. You're not gonna get away with this stuff anymore. Like the the younger generation. Like we're we grew up learning about equality, racism, all these things. So like you're not this this isn't the way things are run anymore. And if you are making disrespectful comments like this. It's gonna come back to you, and you're gonna be disciplined as you should. And so, he's not eligible for reinstatement until at least 2025. I mean, after something like this, good luck trying to find, you know, another another spot. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. I know, I know like <laughs> Elliot Friedman uh, was on his podcast, 32 Thoughts, uh, this week, saying how the Western Hockey League kind of has a problem with this type of thing, like height, like. They're of the three junior leagues, the Western League, the OHL, and the QMJHL. They're a league that kind of does things 
the way they want them to, and they don't take any like criticism from other, and they hire who they want despite their background and all the baggage they might have. So it's just really, really unfortunate that in 2023 we have to talk about this. Yeah, but at least it's good on Wenatchee getting rid of him, you know, right away. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But let's talk about this Sabers roster now. Let's do it. Final rosters come out. I mean, they play tomorrow, which I'm fucking pumped to watch some hockey. Did I mention we'll be there? We'll be going. I can't wait to see everybody out there. But what do you think? So final rosters come out. Any any surprises to you? Any um, disappointments? Like what what uh what are your initial reactions here? Um, I was a little shocked that Jacob Bryson made the team as the seventh defenseman over Riley Stillman, and I was kind of convinced that Riley Stillman would get claimed on waivers. But hey, he got he's got snuck through to Rochester, and that's a good eighth defenseman we can call up. I mean, I don't think a lot of teams in the league are you know eight, nine, ten deep on D, and we are. So that's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And man, like we've been talking about for the last couple weeks, it's going to be so exciting to watch Zach Benson make a Sabres debut tomorrow night. I cannot wait. Let's. Go. So that was the big thing for me. And I, I don't think at this point in time any of us can really say it's a surprise that he made the team. Oh, he was a stud ball. Yeah, he was showing out in the preseason. And I'd be very surprised if he got more than the nine games. Like, I, I just think that the way that the Sabres developed these kids and not wanting to rush them, like, he'd really have to come out and just be, like, looking really solid. And I'm inclined to say, like, even if that happens, Adams is still going to just do the nine games and then send them back down just because – you don't want to rush these kids too early. He still wants to maybe have them put on some weight, get a little stronger. So I my my guess is that nine is all we're gonna see from Benson. But man, I if I if we end up seeing more, I'm here for it because the kid looks great. Yeah, and I I've really changed my tune on this. Um, for a long time, I thought that like you really shouldn't kick in a player's contract until they're they're ready to go. So. If we do say, if Zach, the reason we're talking about nine games is if Zach Benson only plays nine games and then gets sent back to junior, uh, his contract doesn't start until the following season. So we add an extra year without really starting his deal. But I, I kind of agree with you, and I kind of don't. Because Don Granato has shown that he is willing to play young players, and even throughout Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka's struggles last year, he pushed through. He sat Paterka a couple times. He sat Quinn a couple times. I could even see them really spreading out Zach Benson's nine games to yeah, go, that's a good point. You know, all the way through December and then maybe send him back to junior for the World Junior Championship to play for Canada and then go back to junior after that. There's a lot of options. And just being around the team at, the, at his age is really good for him, and I'm super excited for him to play. But we also got to talk about Matthew Savoy because I think it's being under-discussed a little bit. So the Sabres put Matthew Savoy on IR, and that means he has to miss – I, I, whenever, I think they can activate him whenever, but he's on IR right now, and I, I part of me thinks that they line up Benson's nine games, send him back, and then kick in Savoy's nine games, and then possibly send him back too. That gives you a chance to look at both players, see where they're at, see what's going on, and then send them to go rip up the Western Hockey League together. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I had never thought about it like you said it. Um like spreading out those nine games. Like in my head, it was just, he's playing the first nine games, but like, yeah, like there's flexibility there. So that makes a ton of sense. Just like you said, being around these guys. And I remember last year, I think it was, uh, 
Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was Jack Quinn when he when he started. He was he was struggling at the beginning, and and Donnie put him up in the box and had him watch yep. like two, three two, or four games. Yeah, it was whatever like two it was. Three, four, yeah. And he came back, and after that, it was it was great. A completely different yep. player. And so I mean, Benson, it's a good. He's got role models out there on the ice, and and if he is playing a couple games, and then hey, we got some tape. Here's things we can correct. Why don't you go sit up top now and watch how this guy does it? This guy does it. There's a ton of value in there maybe more value doing that and, and spreading things out a little bit longer with the big club than just getting them back down to the Western Hockey League right away. Uh, and my thoughts there would be the same for Savoy, like you were saying. So yeah, I'm hurt. really excited. He's hurt right now. Once he's healthy, then we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm sure the situation in Wenatchee is going to factor a little bit in there. I'm, they have an interim coach, and I'm not really sure what their plan is to hire a permanent coach. And I'm, I'm sure that, like, that team and, and Kevin Adams are talking like routinely about what to possibly do with both of these players. But besides that, the rest of the roster was kind of status quo. I mean, we did keep three yep. goalies. We kept all three goalies kind of lame, but I, I see why. Yeah. And just going back to Savoy real quick and, uh, and uh, Benson there, they um, Savoy, I, the, 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 another benefit to that is just letting them practice with the guys too. Yep. You know, you can obviously practice and, and I, I watched Savoy's interview from a few days ago, just talking about being back, and and he he speaks pretty he speaks real well, like he handles the media real good, and he's been around it I know a little bit longer than maybe Benson and things, but like when he talks to the media, he's very confident, and I like seeing that in young players. It makes me think they can handle this show, you know, pretty good. So, uh, but yeah, the rest of the the roster, no no real surprises there. The three goalie thing is definitely. I mean, I don't know if it was a, a surprise. A lot of us were not hoping for that. Uh, if if they kept two, who would you rather have them see? like keep Stillman up, or even <laughs> yeah, probably probably. St- well, then they could have kept another forward, so maybe yeah, Brandon Byro could have got, got a shot. But yeah, I'm a noted UPL hater. He's got to prove me wrong. And but I, I think the team likes UPL more than Comrie. I also don't know if Comrie would be claimed on waiver, so I or either of them. Um, well, UPL probably would be because he's so young. Yeah. But more and more around the league, we've seen teams keep three goalies. Yeah, they're, yeah, the Sabres so we'll, were the only ones. We'll, we'll see what happens there. I, I'm sure that that will be resolved at some point throughout the season. Do you think, obviously Levi's getting the games to start, but like, who do you think right now is the backup in the Sabres' eyes? Dude, I honestly, I have no idea. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't I, even know I, if they know. I feel like, I feel like Comrie outplayed UPL in the preseason. I also don't know if that matters. Yeah. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting because UPL he's like he's he's shown heaters where he plays really good. Oh, he had a, he was rookie of the month, player of the month, rookie of the month in January. He was a stud. And if so, if I don't know if he can come out and put a few performances together, I mean he they might be able to salvage something for him. I mean, best case scenario is that you can you can trade him and at yeah. least get an asset something, back for him yeah. if you're satisfied with with Comrie as a backup, which I I think they are. I think they're probably satisfied with UPL as a backup too. And maybe want him to be it, but in that case, you're probably not getting anything for Comrie in terms of trade value. Right? Yeah, like I, I think he'd be waived. So, uh, yeah. Other than that, the rest of the lineup was pretty chalk. Uh, Olafson still hanging around. Greenway. Uh, see what happens. Pretty much the same team, honestly. But it's nice to see. There's, I mean, there's a lot of potential with this young kid, but or these young kids, but uh, Quinn Quinn will come back eventually as well, and there'll be a decision there to yeah. be made, but. This Patrick Kane stuff, man. I saw some more stuff today. 
Elliot Friedman can't get away from it. Elliot Friedman saying some stuff of connecting Kane to us, Florida, and Dallas. And at this point, I know I was heavy against it a couple weeks ago, but I'm kind of just feeling like it's inevitable. There is a lot of there is a lot of smoke around it, so I don't know. We'll see. I saw people saying that a trade. Well, it wouldn't be a trade because he's a free agent, so we just signed him. You know, sign but him, if yeah. if you end up trading a couple pieces and make room for somebody, like if an in a, if an Olafson, I, I feel or like he but. I feel like he would replace Olafson, and Olafson yeah. would hit the press box. Yeah. Olafson did not play the last six games last year. I, I think right. we all know how this organization feels about him. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. There, we'll um, we'll see these kids in action tomorrow night. Uh, we're gonna do. I'm I'm excited for this segment here, and I, and this is hopefully gonna become kind of a preseason staple for us. Now we're gonna do some over unders. We got we got a bunch here. Uh, we got the first like six or seven are all actual betting odds uh, over unders from a combination of FanDuel, uh, Sportsbook, DraftKings, and then we have a few of our own that we made. But we'll go through these one at a time. And uh, we'll we'll give our projections and for some things, and uh, I think it's just a fun way we can kind of chat about things. But all right, I'll uh, I'll have you start off first. So, Saber season points, FanDuel has them at ninety two point five. So ninety two point five, we are ninety one points last year. You figure ninety two point five? That's that's a playoff team right there. You would you would, it's close. Sneaking in, yes, Sneaking exactly. In. Like ninety two got in last year. So, uh, so what do you think? Uh, ninety two and a half over under. I'm going to be the most homer person of all time, and I'm going to say to hammer this over. <laughs> hammer the I over. I think the Sabres are a 98-point hockey team. Well, the, the potential is there. Yeah, I mean, uh, so what was the growth last season? We went from, what, 71 to 91, I think, right? Yeah, so there was it's a just 20, outrageous growth. Yeah, so 20-point 20, 20, uh, 20 growth. Um, I mean, we, I'm pretty sure last episode we both picked them to finish third. Yeah, So if that would be a 97 to 100-point team right there. Right. Um, all right, so you're you're hammering the over yeah, on that. What about you? How do you feel? I, oh, I'm hammering the over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't you can't listen to a podcast called Saber Spotlight and not expect us to hammer the over on points. Come on. I have never put in a a future bet ever, but I am fucking smashing this over. And I <laughs> Matt is putting his mortgage on the Sabers over. No, but I am definitely smashing this over. Uh, what a fun bet too. I just like hoping that they win. But yeah, I think this is a lock. Uh, I would I I would put them in for yeah like I'm up with you like 97 98 points that I mean if we picked them for third they got to be up there but there's no reason this team shouldn't uh, accelerate the the points this season uh, uh, you know amidst injuries or, or things like that but right. uh, let's move on to number two here the rest of these are going to be a little bit more player specific uh, I'll leave this one here so we got Tage the next two are Tage uh, related uh, which you can't get enough Tage anyways but Tage. Tage Thompson goals, 42 and a half. What do you think? Was he 42 last year? Did what he have he, oh he God, 42 last year? Maybe he had 47 last year. I, I don't remember. But you're while you're looking it. that up, I'm going to give my answer here. Okay. Smash that over, baby. <laughs> We're going <laughs> over. It. We're going over on Tage Thompson goals because he's going to be out on the on the, on the the uh, power play all the time. He's going to post up at that side spot, and he's just going to let him rip. Um is he gonna get five again in a game? I don't know, but you're 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 bet you bet your ass he's probably gonna get a few uh, few Hatties during the season. Um, he's obviously playing every night. He missed some games last year due to injury, so uh, I think forty two and a half is an easy easy over. This uh, just begging me to win some money there. You you were uh, you were correct. He had forty seven goals. Forty seven, yeah. Dude, I'm not kidding. I saw a couple reputable guys 
I saw a couple people think that Tage Thompson is going to win the Rocket Richard Trophy this year as the league's top goal scorer. I mean, he definitely could do that. And this, the dude is just so silky. And he scored that classic Tage goal. Like, he's going to be the same player this year. I have absolutely no dude, doubts about that. Dude, Tage only scores sick goals. <laughs> I've never seen the guy score Tage. a shitty goal. He just scores the most ridiculous goal. <laughs> just dangles, dangling goalies. Like, <laughs> Tage just clap bombs from his little half wall area. Yeah, he just scores fun goals, and I, I I think he breaks 50 this year. Yeah, and when he gets in the zone, I mean, he's just in the zone. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there's gonna, they're going to want him to maybe get a little bit more discipline in the defensive end of things, but they're not going to want him. They're going to just want him to go. I mean, Tage is he's your offensive guy. So um, they're going to want him to score as many goals as he can. That's an easy, easy over for me. You want to save real quick? You over-under? Uh, I'm over. Easy You're over. Easy over. Right. I have him hitting 50. All right, so this next one, Tage Thompson points here now. This is low to me. He had 94 last year. He had 94 points last year because he was 47-47. Uh, 88.5. Again, these are the sports books. So uh, what what do you say? Over, under? Over, over 88.5. Come on now. Come on, Vegas. What are you doing here? Yeah, I mean, he's playing on the, the Thompson-Tuckskinner line. I mean, he's going to get a shit ton of points. So um, I think this is an easy over. If we're saying he's getting 48, 50 goals, I mean, that's not. 50 goals, 45 assists. I mean, that's 95 points. Yeah, so we'll smash the over on that as well. All right. What do you think about uh, his line mate there, Alex Tuck? 73.5 points over under. This one's interesting to me. I'm a I'm a big Tuck fan. Uh, I, I I I will I hate his number, uh, and I, will, I don't understand. I'll just keep I'll just keep bringing that up each podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, no, no. Bedard's 98, right? Yeah, he's such 98. a sick number. Dude. Yeah, 98 or 89 or I, both. Tuck's 89. Well, Tuck's 89. The 98 is Bedard. Bedard's 98, yeah. But are those both good hockey numbers or are those bad hockey numbers? I love high hockey numbers. High (laughs) hockey numbers fucking rule. There was Uh, a a time when, like, the guys born um, where you could take the numbers, um, like, between 90 and 99. Well, not 99, obviously. That's Gretzky. But guys guys that were born in the 90s were, you know, taking those numbers, like 91, 92. You know, Kane took 88 because he's born in 1988. Like, that's sick. That makes sense. I think that's cool as hell. All right, I mean, this is going to be the most Homer section ever, but I'm smashing know, the over on this. And, but, but, dude, I just think this team is just going to score a shit ton of goals. I could not be more excited for a Saber season. They're going to put up a ton of points. That line is just going to dominate again. They had a whole season together, so that uh, and, and the few times they played together in the preseason, it looks like they're going to pick up right where they left off. So I would say, I mean, Tuck, I would say he's – Pretty much a, a shoe-in for probably 30-plus again, yeah, goal-wise. definitely 30 goals. Yeah, so then you're looking at assists in the in the 43. I mean, this could definitely be closer than some of the other ones. Uh, he might end up around, you know, a little bit under, like, a point per game. But I, I was still going to hit the over on this. Yeah, I, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be really close as well. Um, Just because we're a Sabres podcast, I'm going to hit the over. I, th- I, think, I think he comes close to his 79 points last year. I'm going to say he hit 77 points. All right, let's move on to Darlene, the now big this, man, the big man with the bag. This is where I think Darlene does some supernova shit and hits like, <laughs> hits like ninety points. Dude. Yeah, like, these might these like, might be the like, this might be the easiest over. Like seventy two and a half is his over under. I I think Darlene just skyrockets into that upper echelon over point per game defenseman territory. Yeah, I, this is an easy over for me. I just with that new, I, I already talked about it earlier with that new contract. I just think he's going to be super motivated to to show that he's worth it. I mean, he's he he's said in his interview how motivated he is to to really be the best defenseman out there, and I think you're going to see it this year. 
the guy's just growing more and more confident. He's further away from the, the down years uh, of Sabres hockey from a few years ago where he was really in his head. Uh, the guy's just playing free and if he uh, if he scores more goals this year, the assists are going to come on the power play. So this is an easy over. Agreed. I don't know about this. Next, I hope this next one's oh not God. an easy over. But I had to put this in there because this this stat popped out to me, and every Sabres fan listening to this right now will know that Darlene spends his fair amount of time in the box. So over under Darlene penalty minutes seventy nine and a half. Until proven otherwise. I'm going to say that NHL, NHL officials just ref him differently. I'm going to say that, unfortunately, Darlene's going to go over 79 and a half penalty minutes. I, I don't know what it is about him. Maybe he's yappy. Maybe he's yappy on the ice, and they don't like that. But, man, I, this guy does basic shit on the ice and, and uses his stick. I, I do admit he is definitely— There was some obvious ones last he, year, for sure. He, yeah, he, he, he can be a little dirty. And I, I like that about him, obviously. Like, he's he doesn't take shit from anyone. But the, he gets a lot of stick infractions and a lot of just, like, little cross-checks. And it's bullshit that he gets called for. But I, I think that the refs will not stop calling penalties on him. So you're going over? Yeah. All right, we got our first different one here. Okay. I'm going under. And the the reason I'm going under is because, so, Darlene was at 92 last season, penalty minutes. Uh, which, I don't know where that ranks in the league, but I'm sure it's probably up there. Um so 92, so this was baking in some progression there anyways, no matter what, with this 79. He got the bag. They got to start respecting him. Yeah, and I, I think that a lot of the, the waywardness last year was just that there was no emphasis on defense. There's going to be more of an emphasis on defense this year. He's surrounded by you know more like players that are a little bit more hopefully in tune with it. Granted, he's not going to, he might not always be out. He's not going to be out with all these defensemen that are here, but if you're around these players like Clifton, if you're around Eric Johnson and they're talking about more defensive tendencies, then if that sneaks into your game a little bit more, and he just takes a small step forward in some of his awareness. Cause I think last year there was some obvious pen. I mean, we talked during the game yeah. be like, Oh, there's another stupid Darlene penalty. Right. Like he still does them. And, and you live and die with that. It's kind of like the Josh Allen, stupid shit, whatever. But, um, I'm st- I'm gonna go under on this because I'm gonna say there's enough enough progression there from do you, from Dallas. Do you think that Darlene improving his positioning and defensive play will correlate with less penalties because he'll be in a better position to, you know, knock the puck away or the man instead of having to reach all the time? Yeah, I'd I'd say so. And and he, and he sh- he was great last year. There's there's a lot of times on two on ones where he he made good moves with the body, good moves with the stick. So he understands how to play defense. Like it's there. He already made strides last year despite those inflated numbers. So if he just kind of keeps developing that part of his game, I think it'll have. And, it, and I and I don't think it's going to come at the expense of any offense. He's still going to be as he's still going to be offensive minded first. So. All right. Well, let's move on to you know our our favorite uh, Jedi goalie here, Devin Levi's over under on wins is twenty three and a half. What do you say to that? You know what we should have done? We should have done like Devin Levi like. Uh, meditation minutes um, on the ice. Meditation <laughs> minutes. <laughs> well, I guess that's a little harder to predict, but uh, so you, you. I bet you some offshore book has that somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. So you said what it was, twenty three point five, right? Uh, so twenty three point five wins. I'm going first on this. Yeah. Smash that over, dude. <laughs> we are not responsible for you guys losing money. I'm also the worst better of all time, so do just, not. Just smash all of the overs in these futures. This this is uh, so the penalty minutes one we made up. Um, that's that's not on the sports books, uh, but the this the Devin Levi one here is actually in the sports books. So this was something that they had said. 
I mean, this comes down to how many games you think he's going to play. So yeah. if he, so if he plays, what's realistic? Fifty five games. Fifty. A part of me hopes he doesn't have to play that many. I I, I think he's going to ideally. I think the Sabres have him playing more 40, 45, like half the games. So let's go high on that. Let's yeah. say 45 games. Okay. For, well, well, you can say he, what you want. If he, split, but. if he splits the record, you know, pretty much evenly, <laughs> it's going to be close for me. I'm going to smash the over, though. Come on. <laughs> let's go. We, I, we, we, next time we do this, we got to have, like, sound effects, like horn, <laughs> air horns and shit. But, all right. So yeah, so if we're thinking 45 games uh he'd have he'd if he wins 24 he'd be 24 and 21 right. i mean there's um there's no doubt there's there's going to be games where he lets in a lot of goals where the, there's defensive breakdowns because we're still not a perfect team with that but i think he's definitely a step up from who we've had we've got a ton of of offense to bail him out on some of those nights he might have an off night so uh if he himself is good enough to to win a lot of these games if he's keeping teams to two or three uh, and then he gets bailed out a few times throughout the year, and and he has good usage. I think that that's an easy over. I agree with you, brother. And I hope so too, because I I love the kid, and I think his confidence is just sky high. He seems like he's got just a solid, rock solid head on his shoulders. So um, I don't I I think he'll be fine this season. But all right, let's get into the workhorse from right White Horse, Dylan Cousins. <laughs> what a dude! He's gonna have one of the best nicknames in hockey. I mean. What he, he Whitehorse is like a super small town. Like, what a great nickname. Who did Dunleavy give give him that, or was that was I, that, it, did he already have that's that? That's been his name okay. for a while. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if Dunleavy got that or not. Okay, but uh, twenty nine and a half goals. What uh, what say you, Ryan? Over okay. or under? Dude, come on, you guys already know what's about to happen here, and I am absolutely pounding the fuck out of this over. <laughs> Dylan Cousins is going to be a forty goal scorer this year, no doubt in my mind. So that's that's interesting because there's a lot of there's a lot of discrepancy out there uh, surrounding Cousins and is he going to take another step this this year? I I don't know what that would look like because he had a great year last year. To me, that was already him taking that step. It's impossible for these guys to just take step, take step, take step. I mean, because if you do that year in year out, he'd have to be scoring like eighty goals. Right? <laughs> no, I so, guess, I guess you're right. So it's just not going to happen. But he scored 31 last year. I mean, he showed a true tendency for the net to find the net. Uh, he stepped up in big games too. Uh, so I, I would say, so this is really, you know, set at 29 and a half. Is he going to basically do what he did last year? And I think, I think he will. And, and I can see him scoring 34, 35 as well. I don't know if he'll hit 40. We might differ a little bit there, but because I think he's going to be without Quinn a little bit. And I know that kid line was, was rolling for a little bit. Um, but, and who knows what's going to happen with Olofsson. I think he's on a line with Olofsson right now. Yeah, him, Olofsson, and Paterka. But I still think he's going to get there because he's a, he's a workhorse, man, like his, like his name. He, he busts his ass when he's out there, and he gets a lot of stuff done just because it's hustle. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going – I'll go – I'll smash the over on that. Okay, sounds good to me, man. You know, I like smashing overs. Let me ask you a question, though. So, for Cousins, yeah. what does – if you if, – if at the end of the year we came to the consensus as Sabres – mafia whatever Sabres fans that he took a step what does that look like in your eyes what 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 is that for for cousins does he need to like what what if if he does progress what what is that offense offensively i think it's very similar where dylan cousins needs to take strides is in the defensive game he has this reputation of already being a decent defensive player and that is just straight up not the case like he's an absolute monster in the transition game but 
like so many other players on this team. He's kind of lost in his own zone. So where I, where I think that he improves is uh, somewhere that doesn't really come up on the stat sheet, and it's just in his own in his own end, just breaking puck. I mean, breaking pucks out. He's a monster. Once we have the puck, one of the best transition forwards in the game. Mm-hmm. It's just getting the puck, getting your stick in the lanes, that that kind of thing is where he really needs to improve. So just cleaning up some of the fun, like yeah, fine tuning some things. It's insane that you can talk about his game at such a young age and it's some, just him having to just clean up stuff. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. All right. Well, let's move on here to Casey Middlestat. Last player specific, uh, over-under here. But Casey Middlestat, we got the over-under here set at 59.5. So Casey is a hot topic going into this season. He he would You would say he broke out last season, played really, really nice. Uh, and he's a player who Sabres community has given him some grief for some time because we wanted it, we wanted it for so long. And he put it all together last year. Um, end of the season with 59 points. So this is right around you know where he this overrunner is kind of set. Uh, thinking, is he going to do it again? Are we going to see the same player? Is he going to take a step forward? What do you say, Ryan? Are you going over under here? I'm going under on Casey Middlestad here, and I'll tell you why. So for a long time, I think almost a year now, I've compared him to um, Brett Connolly, who was a forward drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2010 at sixth overall. And it's very similar to Casey. Never really found his game. And Brett Connolly kind of moved around teams. And then finally, once he landed on um, Washington in the middle of his career, he really had his breakout. The only difference between the two is Casey is having his breakout still with the Sabres. With that being said, I don't know if Casey's going to get the opportunity to play in the top two lines. Uh, it really depends on what happens here. Injuries, you know, last year he was a stud in between Skinner and Tuck when Thompson was injured for a while. But this year, I'm unsure if he gets that opportunity. And I, I love him as a third liner. Like, I think he's an excellent third liner on a cup contender. And for that case, I'm going to say over. Or under, under, under. Yeah, yeah. I could see this hitting under the. I want my my concern and my worry is that there's some expectations now with Middlestat, and if he doesn't get off to a hot start, is he going to start hearing some of that? Well, and, I'm not even really saying that it's a bad thing if he doesn't hit 60 points. Cause right. His style of play, man. He really, really made a living on the boards last year. He's one of our best players with the puck, protecting the puck, finding passing lanes. So. The points not be there for him because I, I don't think he's going to be on the first power play either. But I just I really love Casey Middlestad as a player. Yeah, uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the under on this as well, uh, and I think he might be in the 45 range somewhere around there. I can see the points taking a step back, but I don't think that's going to make him any less effective on the ice. I, I'm still looking forward to to him doing what he did last year. But there's more guys this year. Uh, if if Benson's here for some games, Savoy's here for some games. Uh, not everybody is going to take a step up in points. There's a lot of playmakers on this team, uh, and so he might be the one guy that maybe he sees a little bit different points, but it doesn't mean he's not less of a less of a uh, good player for the Sabers. Yeah, totally, dude. All right, let's get through these last two pretty quick here, and then we can get into the storylines for the upcoming season. Power play, twenty five percent. I'm saying under. I'm You're going under. under. Just for reference for the listeners, last year's Sabres were at 23.4%, so we set this under ourselves, uh, or we set this over under ourselves, baking in a little bit of progress, potentially. Um, we talked before that 25% would what put us at a top five, top five yeah. from last year. Um, all right, so you're going under, explain. I think that even though I think the process of the power play 
in preseason looks much improved from where it was last year. I don't know if we'll get the same shooting luck that we had last year. I mean, we were just scoring goals at will, I feel like, on the power play. So if the power play is similar or a little worse than last year, I mean, that's totally fine. But I, I don't think we're going to have a top five power play in the league. I think some of our power play, I, I feel like our power play was really hot early last year too, and maybe taking some teams by surprise. Yeah, it was, and, an, it was an auto goal at some point. At yeah, and then it cooled off a little bit as teams started noticing, hey, Tage is standing here and just letting Tage bombs rip like every <laughs> few games. So I think that um, teams will be ready for it, and, and it's an it's an area that they're going to want to be defending. Uh, I don't know. What do I want to do here? I, I think we're going to be kind of close to where we were last year, and that's a fine number. Do we get up into the top? Uh, I'm going over. I'm okay. going to take the over on this. Okay. <laughs> Smash that over, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the PK? And I'm pretty excited about the penalty kill. What do you think? So, 80, we, we have it set at 80% this league. That's about right. league average. Yep, and we were 73 last year. Yeah, we right? were absolutely terrible. So 73% last year. 80% would be league average. It seems like the the penalty kill just in these preseason games has has been better, more more active. It's, um, it's the way they're defending. It's they they moved away from from what they were doing last year with like a box. They're, they're more of a box this year instead of like a, a like a box plus one forward kind of just rotating between. I felt like that was so stupid, and we've been doing it for such a long time. And I, we're gonna get better goaltending. I feel like. Yeah. So the goaltending is definitely something to to consider here. Uh, something I, something I'm also considering is perhaps the, perhaps the Atlantic isn't quite as strong as it was last year. Yeah, uh, like right. as far as some of the the power plays that they're going to be seeing, uh, but I don't know. Maybe it's hard to predict. Maybe some of those those middle teams like Ottawa and 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 Detroit, if they do take step, steps forward, but you might get a step down from like Tampa or things. Uh, I don't know. I, I I would I'm gonna take the under on this, but just slightly. I I I would say we finish 76, 77. I think the penalty kill, it, it might be something that still frustrates Sabres fans, but there there's w- there will still be some growth. I just don't know if we're gonna quite make it into the middle there. Well, I'm gonna disagree with you. I, I I believe I believe in this coaching staff and what they're doing, and I believe that the changes that we see in the structure of the penalty kill will make us go. Let's say like 81%. Let's get a little bit over a league average penalty kill. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. So who's going to be on PK? Uh, Jurgensen's a post. So, I mean, if you want to run AJ. more offense, then a thing that we do and most teams do now is put their best players on the, on the penalty kill. Talk yeah, Tage was out there a lot last yeah, year. Tage will be yeah. out there. Talk. Uh, well, if Quinn, if Quinn was healthy, he'd definitely be out there. So we got, we, got, we got a strong rotation of forwards. And our defenders, I mean, we're going to have like the Dalene if he's not in the fucking box. Um, power killing. I want to see power killing penalties this year. I want. I want to see him take a little stride in that game. Yoki Haru. I. I think we'll be good, man. I. I. I really think that with the goaltending, hopefully, fingers crossed, being improved, that'll correlate to a better penalty kill. All right, let's do a rapid round here, real quick. Okay. Over under shorthanded goals, two point five. Over. Four point five. Under. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right, so moving on to uh, 2023 storylines. Yeah, some so, of our favorite talking points through the Yes, year. let's go. So, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and, and lead it off? I mean, we got some listed here. Pick whichever one you want to start with. Uh, I'm going to say that the Sabres will avoid having one of their horrible skids. Last year, they lost eight games in a row. And they didn't just lose these games. They lost these games in regulation. If they pulled half of them out in overtime and still lost – 
We would have made the playoffs last well, year. Well, I mean, honestly, in last season, really just one. <laughs> yeah, literally. We, we pushed one of those games into overtime. The Buffalo Sabres are a playoff team, which is crazy to think. And they have to avoid that this year, and I, I think they will. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement there. I, I don't see it. It's just it's the same team coming back for the most part, plus a couple pieces. And you added just some more veteran depth there, right? So um, they got to know they can't let it happen again. And with that being said, the guy that will help that is going to be Devin Levi. Do you think that Devin Levi comes out of college, plays his, what, seven games in the pros, and then becomes the guy in that for the Buffalo Sabres? Dude, so this one is tough because I love Devin Levi, but if you're saying yes to this question, then you're you're saying he's the exception to the rule. Yeah. Which is which is really tough. And we're both big fantasy football players. And how often do you want some young kid to just blow up and it just doesn't happen because again they'd have to be that exception to the rule. Or if a guy's and this is more so related to football, I guess right now, if he doesn't have X amount of size hands, right? Or if he's not this tall, he's not gonna make it because yeah, he's I mean, a hockey thing. Levi's right. a small goalie. Right. So as much as I want to say yes, and I think he eventually will, will it be Will it be this season? Um, part of me just says, I guess, what does the guy mean? Does that I, I mean, was going to say that. I was going to say like, like when, we, that. when we say that, is it like a 920 save percent? Is he like top right away? I, I don't think so, but is is he obviously the guy right now? Yes. Uh, is he... Is he the goalie that's going to get us to the playoffs and get us that extra one point? And if it's just higher to get in there to the wild card this year, that extra four or five points, I absolutely think yes. Yeah, but when you say that, like, is he ready to become the guy? I mean, the guy is playing undoubtedly 55 games. Yeah, the guy is hellebuck. So, well, hopefully he plays a little less. Like, we'd have a backup goalie that can actually put the pads on and, you know, stop pucks. But <laughs> I, I, I think that for his first year, just let the kid play his 45 games. I mean, I, I hit the under on it. Did I hit the under on his wins? I don't remember. It was like 20 minutes ago. Um, no, you hit the over. I hit the over? Yeah. Well, fuck. I just Smash ruined it. my whole point here. <laughs> but <laughs> I, 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 just see, I just see him splitting splitting games with UPL and Comrie. I, I don't see him really, like, taking the net. And I'd love to be wrong. I, I just see them, like, maybe easing him in a little bit more than people think that we might. Yeah, so it'll be interesting because it's gonna—it's all gonna be based on his play. We'll see how we—we'll see how he does. I mean, he came in last year and played in some high leverage games and and did great. Uh, but a whole season's a, a different story. Uh, is there gonna be any breakdown? He's not used to that type of workload and things. I think he'll be fine with that. He's a young kid. I mean, but um, anyway, we'll see. It'll be a—it'll be a fun question, and uh, hopefully, hopefully the answer is yes, and and that's what the Sabers need to get into the playoffs. But. Speaking of the playoffs, let's go right there, right now. So, will this be the year the Sabres break the playoff drought? Well, we just had them at 97, <laughs> 98 points. So, I think that the Sabres are going to the goddamn playoffs for the first year since 2011. So, we can, I guess let's take this one step further then, because obviously we knew the answer to that question before we even asked it. But this is this is a storyline for those for people listening to the podcast. You already knew the answer to this, but maybe your answer is a little bit different. Nonetheless, this is a storyline. If we wanted to make this for the sake of our podcast a little bit more, maybe interesting. Do they have enough to win it? Win a series in the playoff? Get out of that first round? Yes, I think they can win a series. Can if, they win two? <laughs> 
<laughs> if Devin Levi is a Jedi and actually and really steps up, I think they can win. They can win one. I'll say they can win one series. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think that's fair. It. It. it I mean, unless Levi. they're dude, unless they're the Devils, they right. could. They could be the fucking Devils from last year. Dude, imagine and, the Devils if, if, Sabers playoff series. Oh my god, oh my dude, god. it would break records for goal scoring. It'd be insane. People would want to watch this us shit versus, out of that. Us versus Lindy. Oh, that's oh, insane, exactly. man. Exactly. That has to happen this year now. <laughs> but, man, if, if if we're the Devils, yeah, I definitely think we can win two games. But if we're the iteration of the Sabres that I think we can, but definitely one. And I, I even think that if we finish in a wild card spot that we can upset a team that's in the top three. But I'll say I'll say one series. Yeah, and, I, I, and don't get us wrong. I don't think we want to make this sound like, we're we're discrediting the impact of the drought and things because this this is gonna be a challenge. Oh. Like as as easy as we're making this sound because we, we sound like super big homers right now. We know that in order for this to happen, it hasn't happened in however long. We'll do it if they make the playoffs. I'm erecting the fucking Kevin Adams Don Granado statue right outside the arena. I mean, what were we like? We're thirty ish. We're thirty one years old right now. I mean, they hadn't made the playoffs since we were teenagers basically yeah. it's insane yeah so this is this is certainly going to be a, a tall task for these kids but they want it they that's the expectation this year and uh, i hope they can do it but it's going to take a lot of hard work so on a smaller level do you see any of the rookies uh contributing like long term i know like benson savoy might get their nine but do you see guys like um byro finally <laughs> cracking the league or cooley or rosen like cracking the league I don't know if I see it happening this year. Um, Maybe they'll get some call-ups. Yeah, they'll definitely get some call-ups. I think if you're looking at the preseason, Kulik, Rosine, well, maybe not as much Rosine, but I, I would. I think it's fair to say maybe like Kulik and Rusek were a li- touch disappointing in, in the preseason. Not that they played bad, but you just didn't feel their impact yeah, maybe well, as much as you wanted them we, to. We, we thought Kulik, Kulik and Rosine were going to take the spot that Benson took. So. Yeah. yeah, so I think... Benson has maybe the best chance for that. Benson and Savoy are, are up there. Uh, we've, we've talked uh, you know, off the, the air a little bit how much I, I love Brandon Byro, and I think he is also a guy who can come up. But I, the, the, I think the big point here is that there's options. There's options defensively and there's options offensively where if a guy gets hurt, it's well, going to be easier to make that substitution. We didn't even include Ryan Johnson in, in our pre-show notes. But we've we've always had defensive injuries. Yep. And I feel like behind Riley Stillman and even ahead of Riley Stillman, depending on play, Ryan's on, Ryan Johnson could be your first defensive call. Yep. And, and he looked good. He looked great in preseason. So he's he, going to be running the power play down in Rochester, yeah. and he's going to be their first guy. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to mold him more of like a PK kind of guy because we don't need a power play defenseman, but it is nice for him to get those reps. Yep. In the, but he could be – he might be the guy that I pick – behind Benzin to really make an impact. That's a good, that's a good pick. I like that. The, the nice thing about this is it's going to be, it's, it's likely going to be a year that Adams wants and, and the culture he's trying to create where you don't have to put a lot of pressure on these kids to come up and like be the guy and perform and get all these points because you have other guys and you have all the steps. So if they're coming up because of injury or something, it's not like, Hey, you, we need you to score tonight to get a win. Like you're coming up, you're gonna get make an impact if you can. But there's not a ton of pressure on these kids, and that's exactly what what we want. Well, man, I'm so fired up for the game tomorrow. Do you want to like run through a little bit of the schedule, like you know, rapid fire run through the schedule a little bit? Because in October, tomorrow, on October 12th, the Buffalo Sabers 
face off against the New York Rangers in Igor Shesterkin. And I could not be more excited. Yeah, I cannot wait. We're going to do a quick schedule preview here. I got a couple highlights that I want to go through. This will this will round out the show here. Uh, and then on to the you know Rangers tomorrow. But if you look at the the overview of the schedule, we'll we'll do this week to week throughout the podcast. Obviously, we'll be talking to everybody about how we did, point projections, all that type of thing. But uh, October we got so first month we got nine games right away, which for only half a month that's a pretty jam packed right. October. We're gonna be seeing a lot of hockey over these next couple months. The thing that is interesting is that. We're starting the season with Shesterkin and then Ilias Rokin back-to-back. Dude, so I thought about this today. Can you imagine the angst and the, the, the people freaking out if we play against the Islanders and the Rangers? And, and we score, like, two goals a game. People are going to be freaking out, and we might get goalied. Well, not just people, me. I mean, I freak out if Josh Young doesn't throw 300 yards and four touchdowns every week. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I if, like didn't didn't Tage last year goal like a first first couple games without scoring? Yeah, and people were like, "Oh my God, we signed this guy!" Like, oh blah 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 blah. But so yeah, if we get if we get goalie the first week of the season, it'll be so funny. We cannot. I don't want to see an 0 two start, but if it happens against those two goalies and you just end up getting goalies, then we'll see. The I feel like the Sabers got goalied a lot last year. Dude, honestly. I know. Like they had crazy finishing luck, but then some games could not buy a goal. So lots of lots of hockey in October. Uh, hopefully the Sabers can get off to a hot start. Six of those are at home and three are away. So we got some good. We got some nice hockey. Coming we gotta up be Buffalo. better at home this year. Too. Yeah, they gotta be better at home. That's another quick storyline we could have thrown in there. But yeah, they gotta be better at home this year. Uh, they were absolutely demolishing teams on the road. Then we get into November. November fourteen games. Uh, only four at home and ten away. So that's that's really going to be the story of November. They're going to be on the road a lot. Uh, on the 19th, they got their first game against Bedard in Chicago, so that'll be fun to watch that. But lots, uh, lots of games on the road in November. So if they keep playing the the way that they're playing on the road, and they've talked to the teams talked about how they like going away, having their team dinners and whatnot, uh, then if you start off hot in October and you can flow into November and keep playing good away hockey, you could have a good start to the season here. <laughs> November is a key month in the season. There's a lot of um, math and a lot of like numbers out there that say if you're in a playoff spot by Thanksgiving, odds are that you're going to be a playoffs team at the end of the season. Yep. So we'll, we'll see how we do in the first two months. I, I feel like the Sabres have gotten off to hot starts and then kind of fallen off as the season goes on. So I, I really like them to pick up their play and keep it a little more consistent than what we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what was it two years ago where they were in like first place? Well, that was the yeah. the one Kruger year. We were just like annihilating The 10-game win streak yeah. into, into Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then it was it insane, and then down. it all fell apart. Yeah. Jeff Skinner scored like two goals in the final 50 games. And unbelievable. It was unbelievable. He probably only played two games too, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Ralph hated that guy. It was ridiculous. December, uh, 15 games. Uh, pretty much even split. Eight home, seven away. Nothing too remarkable in there, but you got, you know, 15 games, that's pretty standard. Uh, January, we got 11 games. Uh, I think we got like a little time off in Long January. homestand, though. Long homestand. Six games in the middle of the month where you're at home. So that's going to be a good time for the boys to rest up a little bit after the holidays. They go out west at the end of the, the month. They got a three-game West Coast trip. So be ready for some late-night hockey Dude, in January. The West Coast trips are awesome. 10 o'clock games, 10.30. Now we're content creators, so we got to stay up for them all. Well, listen, but, but this guy's a dad right here, so, you know, all, these, all these East Coast dads that try to stay up for these games, man, it is it is so tough. And even for me, I'm just in my basement just watching the games, and 
I'm falling asleep, so we, we got to stay up for the for the content. Well, those three nights will just be the honey, kids crying, go. <laughs> I'm watching hockey. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so. Funny. I got a built-in excuse. But. All right, getting into February, eleven games. Uh, so eleven games in January and February. So we get a little bit of a slowdown there to start the year. Six at home, five away. Uh, March picks right back up. So that this is where we kind of get into the charge towards the end of the season. Fifteen games. We got eight at home, seven away. And everybody, get your tickets for Saturday, March second, because the devil himself, Jack Eichel, is coming back to <laughs> Buffalo. And I want to see all those number nine jerseys covered up with a Benson sticker, and we're gonna be booing the shit out of him. I can't wait. So Saturday, March second, dude, your your angst for Jack Eichel is like one of my favorite things on this planet. I have never liked Jack Eichel, even when he started. The dude scored his first goal with the Sabers, and it looked like he like just took a math test. Like he just looked like he was like sleeping and just not excited. <laughs> just, I love just. You're gonna be the Eichel hater on this podcast. I love it so much. We got a four game West uh, Coast trip at the end of the month there in March too. And finish um, out in April. Yep, yep. And then seven games in April, uh, three at home, four away. And hopefully those last few games are just clinching that sweet, sweet playoff spot that we've been looking forward to for so long. Uh, so all in all, I mean, they average about three games a week. They got eight games, a, eight weeks of four games. So uh, about 30% of the season, they got some busy weeks where they're playing four games in a week. But lots of hockey coming our way. Any final thoughts, Ryan, here before we close things out? I feel like it's Christmas Eve, dude. It I, is. It, it's it's going to be a special season, I think. And we wanted to keep this under forty minutes. We we're going on an hour and ten minutes here. Oh it's just it's God. we get on the mics and we just we just go. But it's just so exciting to talk about this team. And uh, we thank everybody for for listening. We got hockey coming tomorrow. Uh, we want to remind everybody that you know we're gonna be being now that the season's here, active on our socials. So follow the show uh, on Twitter. Uh, and X at Saber Spotlight. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm uh, at Matt Walsh PT. Ryan, you want to plug your Twitter? Yeah, I'm uh, at RMC underscore one four nine two. So uh, go ahead and follow us over there. Also check the show notes here for information, the email address. If you guys have, especially now that the season's kicking up, if you got feedback for us, if you got questions, things you want us to answer. Uh, anything burning on your mind as the season gets kicking off, send us a, send us in and we'll we'll talk about it on the show. Yeah, I, I'd love to do a little mailbag. Yeah, that would be uh, super fun. So uh, really excited for, for the season to get going here. Um, other than that, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. We got hockey tomorrow and let's get things rolling. Dude, when we start recording next week, we'll have already played games. We've already probably won three games. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. And again, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple, give us a review. Give us a rating. That always helps people find us a little bit more. And uh, we look forward to talking to everybody next week. And uh, let's go Sabres. Peace out, everybody.